We're in Romans chapter 6, uh, verse 2. The, the heading, uh, we, we finished the previous heading, which we talked about sanctification. Uh, chapter 6 through 8 is where we really start to focus on sanctification, whereas before we were talking about justification. So sanctification is Romans chapter 6 through 8. And then the first heading that we saw was the presence of the sin nature, which was uh, chapter 5. Verse 20 through chapter 6, verse 2a. So we saw the sin nature, uh, the, the wording would be the sin nature personified, which basically in scripture, Paul basically uh, gives the sin nature a personality or attributes as far as like a human being said that the sin nature ruled like a king, like an evil monarch, an evil king that ruled us before we got saved, like a king on the throne of our hearts and our lives. The sin nature ruled over us like that. So the sin nature is kind of presented and uh, a little earlier than that, actually, and then we actually begin to really see the sin nature. And then we made, there were some questions. Uh, let's just go ahead and read chapter 6. We're going to read, from, we'll start in verse 1 and then read through uh, verse 4. When you're there, say amen. Yeah. What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? God forbid. How shall we who are dead to sin live any longer therein? Know you not that so many of us as were baptized into Jesus Christ were baptized into his death? Therefore we are buried with him by baptism into death, that like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. Now remember... Uh, I gave you a handout. It's uh, it has it looks like this. It has the King James version and the Young's literal version, and it just shows that in when we read in the King James, it just says, "What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin?" But the the actual uh, what it actually says in the Greek, the literal translation, it would actually read the sin. So it puts the definite article, the, in front of the word sin, which changes the entire scripture. Why they didn't translate it like that, I, I do not know that answer. Uh, I'm not smart enough to know that, nor was I there. <laughs> but they, they didn't, for whatever reason, they didn't translate it. Maybe it was just, they thought it was too wordy. I'm not really sure. But when you put the word the in front of the word sin, that changes a whole lot of things. So now let's read again verses 1, chapter 6, verse 1 through 4, and I'm going to read it with the word the. And when it says the sin, it would be the sin nature. So what shall we say then? Shall we continue in the sin nature that grace may abound? God forbid. How shall we who are dead to the sin nature live any longer therein? Know you not 
that so many of us that were baptized into Jesus Christ, were baptized into his death, therefore we are buried with him by baptism into death, that like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. So when you see that sin, it means the sin nature. There's only one place that, it, that in Romans chapter 6 that the word sin is used as a verb. Every other place it is a noun. So as a verb, that's obviously speaking of acts of sin. So, uh, which is verse 15. Romans chapter 6 verse 15 says, What then shall we sin? Because we are not under the law, but under grace. And it was no one's God forbid. So that right there is referring to acts of sin. Shall we commit acts of sin because we are under grace and not under law? Everywhere else, though, it is a noun. So the sin nature. So that's just a recap for everybody. Okay, so this, the, heading, the heading that we're going to see right here in uh, verse 2b is the believer is dead to the sin nature. The believer is dead to the sin nature. And that's verse 2b. Verse 2b. The believer is dead to the sin nature. Verse 2b. So remember in verse 1 it says, What shall we say then? Shall we continue in the sin nature that grace may abound? Shall we continue to live a lifestyle of habitually sinning and habitually yielding to the sin nature? Shall we do that? That grace may abound. And then we read Paul's answer was God forbid. And now he's going to explain why. So dad, go ahead. How shall we, who are dead to sin, live any longer therein? Portrays in a nutshell the hardcore principle of what the believer now is in Christ. Paul is speaking of a spiritual quality which the believer has at the moment of salvation, which is that he is now dead to sin, dead to the sin nature. Death does not mean extinction. But separation, that's it. We need to understand the word dead. When you hear the word dead in the English language, dead to us means <laughs> dead. You ain't breathing no more. That's what dead means to us in the English language. But here, that in, in, in Scripture, if you keep everything in context, it does not mean dead in the sense that we think of dead it is speaking of separation the spiritual sense of dead is separation both unbelievers and believers taste physical death but live for eternity there there is eternal life there's either eternal death which is separation from god in hell or, or the lake of fire ultimately or there is life which is heaven with God forever mm -hmm. so death 
life, but yet both, all, will live for eternity. Will, will exist, I'm going to say it that way, will exist for eternity. It's either death being separation or life, obviously not separation. That's what makes heaven so great. We will be in the presence of God. There's no time, but 24-7, 365, 366, if there was a leap. But there won't be because there's no time in heaven. We will just be forever before the throne saying, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. Worthy is the Lamb that was slain. Can't wait for that. Praise God. I look forward to that on Sunday mornings. And Sarah gets aggravated sometimes because sometimes I, it's Monday morning through Sunday morning. Um, she says, I sing too much. Uh, but praise God, worthy is the lamb that was slain. Amen? That'll wake, make you wake up. So death here is just simply, it speaks of separation, not the English death, which we've covered that. Not extinction, but separation. Paul asked a rhetorical question designed to declare the impossibility of the thing. He is actually saying that it is an impossibility for a Christian to habitually sustain the same relationship to the evil nature that he sustained before God saved him. I heard one of my fellow peers in Bible college preach a message in chapel service. It was Brother Jesse. And he said that once you got saved, when you, after you got saved, you couldn't do anything right. Seemed like couldn't do nothing. You, you, you could you live for God, but when you tried to sin, you couldn't even sin right anymore. Yeah. You you were once so good at sinning. <laughs> it was so easy to sin. Then you got saved, and then even when you tried to pursue sin with all of your heart, and you set your mind to no, I am going to do this. You couldn't even do it right. You couldn't sin like you used to sin. You got saved, you went through a rough time, you said, that's it, I'm going, to, I'm going to drink. You couldn't even drink right. <laughs> you felt horrible doing it. And so we, we could be real. We could be real. We go through hard times as Christians and we fail. Okay, we are weak. Now I'm not saying, hey, hey, go do it. No, 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 that's not what I'm saying. But we'll just be real. Maybe I'm the only one. Mm -hmm. But you can't even do it right. Even when you set your mind, you set your whole being, I am going to carry this out. I'm going to do it. And you, you can't. You can't. Even if you get into it a little bit, you're just so torn up. You, you, you have the conviction of the Holy Spirit all over you, and you, you, can't, even, you can't even do it right. You can make it up over your shoulder. Yeah, yeah. Before you didn't care. Before you're like, we're going, we're doing this. Now you're like, man, what if, what if I just, this is not right. 
Shouldn't be doing this. And you just can't, you don't feel comfortable at all. You feel so uneasy. Praise God for the convicting power of the Holy Spirit. Amen? Paul is saying, in a nutshell, once you get saved, you can't live the same way you did before you got saved. It is an impossibility. Because in Christ, there's been a change. Amen. There has been a change. in When you're in Christ, there's a change. There is a, a, a spiritual, surgical procedure that takes place. And we'll, we'll, we'll get into that. The new nature is the prime characteristic of the child of God. However, at the same time, the evil nature of the sin nature also remains in the believer, which is the cause for Paul's treatment of the subject. If if God, when when you get saved, you are dead. You become dead to the sin nature through Christ. So through baptism into Christ, you become dead to the sin nature. But it does not say, nowhere in scripture does it say that God removes the sin nature. It just says that you're dead or separated from it. One of the, one of the examples one of my professors said in uh, Bible God, Brother Larson, he said that he, he related it as a, as a relationship. And he, he talked about, you know, your first love or whatever. He said, you know, you had your first love and you, you had a relation. There was an ongoing relationship with that person. And then somewhere along the way, the relationship ended. There is no longer a relationship between you and Sally Sue or if you're, you know, uh, uh, John Doe. I don't know why that's always the name, but John Doe. There was an ongoing relationship at one time, though. And then the relationship ended. The person did not die. They may still be living right now. But there is no ongoing relationship between you and that person. The relationship is dead. They're not dead. But the relationship is dead. It's the same idea with the sin nature. The sin nature is not dead. It still remains on the inside of you. But there is a separation in the relationship. Whereas before, there was an ongoing relationship between me, between Tanner and the sin nature. There was an ongoing relationship before I got saved. I always wanted to please the sin nature. Do what the sin nature said. Let's go do this. And Tanner said, "Yeah, let's go do that." Now, of course, there wasn't that conversation going on, but yeah. I had the desire to. Try. Oh, man. <laughs> I had the desire to go drink, and what did what did I do? Went and drink. I had the desire to commit acts of sin. And I carried them out because there was an ongoing relationship between Tanner and the sin nature. But then when I met Jesus, then there was all of a sudden, there was a separation. 
When you think back to when you got saved, when you got saved, when you first said yes to Jesus, mm, what happened? You, you had a desire for the things of God now, and you didn't want to do the things that you used to do. Because there was a death in the relationship with you in the sin nature. God took his surgical knife and there was a separation between you and the sinful nature, the old man. Because the old man didn't want anything to do with God. But then when you said yes to Jesus and you accepted him as Lord, now you, you want the things of God. You, you, reading your Bible became, you long to read the scripture. Before, you care less. You, you wanted to, to speak with him in prayer. I, I, I just, I just want to talk to the Lord. Before you got saved, but you didn't, you didn't want to talk to the Lord. You weren't saved. Your whole life was just all about you and sin. But you got saved and you couldn't wait. You couldn't wait to praise His name. You couldn't wait to read the Word. You couldn't wait to say, Jesus, oh Jesus, I love you. I love you. Thank you. Thank you for what you've done. Thank you. You had to learn a language. Mm -hmm. It was totally different. Yeah. It was to your whole life. And you didn't do anything but believe yeah. that Jesus was the Son of God. Okay. And He died for your sins on Calvary. And you can have forgiveness of sins. That's what you believe. And we get saved and we get we the things that we get. When we get, when we say yes to Jesus, we have, well, we just don't know what we have. That, to just be honest, there's so much that we get right there. We just, we don't know it. Sorry. Yeah. I have no idea. There, there are, I, this is just off the top of my head. We, in my Pentecostal Distinctives class in Bible college, we made a list of all the things that you could find in Scripture that says that you have not when you receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit, but just when you say yes to Jesus. I'll tell you that I found over 30 different things that I received just when I said yes to Jesus. That's not the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Not just, yes, Lord, yes. I accepted him as Lord and Savior. There were over 30 that I found, and that's just me, and I are not very smart. So, <laughs> so just that's something that, I, you know, if you have the time, I encourage you, check, check it out. Check it out to see all the different things that you have just from, just from saying yes to Jesus. And accepting him as Lord and Savior. You it will blow you away. I'll tell you this, when I was looking at it in my Bible college dorm room, there was a few times where just a little shouting session broke out. Mm. You mean to tell me I had all of this when I went down to the altar? Yeah. I mean I didn't, but I mean 
I, I, didn't, I didn't go down to an altar to accept Christ. But when I said yes to Jesus and accepted Him into my heart as Lord and Savior, I had all of this and I didn't even know. Yeah. Mm. And nobody told me either. <laughs> mm. Okay, so the sin nature is, I'm sorry, the sin nature still exists. It, it, it's still in every, it's still in every believer. The sin nature is still present within you. But there's no, there should not be, there should not be an ongoing relationship between you and the sin nature because of what's been done in Christ. The Christian has died to sin, or the sin nature, in the sense that God in supernatural grace, while leaving the sinful nature in the believer, has separated him from it. Even though the sin nature is still present in the believer, there has been a disengagement of the person from the effects of the sin nature. So, it, remember I, we talked about a swimming pool a while back, and the sin nature is like a, is like a pipe going into that swimming pool. And it's dumping raw sewage into that swimming pool. And when you get saved, and that swimming pool being your heart, when you get saved, the valve to that sewer pipe is shut off. That's the idea that this, the, sin, the sin nature has been separated. It's no longer pouring in corruption into your heart. When the sin nature is active, you are being constantly corrupted constantly that is why as a person if a person is not saved they're an unbeliever being dominated by the sin nature it gets worse and worse and worse it progresses farther and far there's more corruption as it goes on if you leave the valve of the sewer pipe open dumping into a pool it's going to get worse and worse and worse so when you get saved, the, the valve is shut off, no longer dumping in corruption. That is the separation from the sin nature. So you're, we're freed from that. And the sin nature is no longer dumping in that corruption into us. Praise God for that. The sin nature is now a dethroned monarch. So before, the sin nature was ruling and reigning over you like a king on a throne. You said, you said yes to Jesus. And what happened was somebody named Jesus came along and kicked him off of the throne. No longer seated on the throne of your heart. Praise God. Mm. When Jesus died on Calvary, He kicked the sin nature off of the throne of your heart when you say yes to Jesus by faith that's carried out. Mm. That is a benefit of Calvary. And you get it by faith when you say yes to Jesus. Boom. Sin nature no longer ruling and reigning over you like a king. Yeah. 
Instead, you got someone else ruling and reigning over you like a king. His name is Jesus. Mm. Before, before salvation, it was the master of the individual. Since salvation, the believer is its master. The Lord allows the sin nature to remain in the believer, in the believer's life for disciplinary measures. Okay, there is a reason. It's not just, there is, there is always a reason. It keeps the believer humble before God. The potential danger of the sin nature resident in all believers keeps the believer leaning on the Lord, trusting Him and knowing that we must have His strength and power if we are to be the overcomer expected of us. The sin nature can be used as an ox goad, so to speak, to keep our faith on the right track. If we move our faith off course, the sin nature can reign on the throne again. Mm -hmm. the, the, the ox goad basically was, uh, they would fit it on the oxen that they were working. And if they basically kicked against the direction that they were supposed to be going, they would kick into these sharp uh, kind of like spears. They would cause pain. A lot of pain. That is what the sin nature acts like in the life of a believer. We talked earlier in the book of Romans, we talked about uh, the wrath of God and that there is a future pouring out of this wrath against the great the Armageddon and then the you know, uh, lake of fire, all of that. It is a pouring out of his wrath. But I'm going to tell you right now, wrath, God's wrath is still poured out right now. And it's, it's being, you, he allows you to be dominated by the sin nature. Because sin will kill, steal, and destroy so he, he if, if you get off track, he will allow you to be dominated by sin. And it is a disciplinary, it's for disciplinary reasons to get you to turn back and repent. The wrath of God can currently be poured out and it's in a disciplinary thing. It's a different kind of wrath than what our brains tend to wrath to us is like ah, horrible, <laughs> but it's it's like a discipline. Chastisement would probably be better, the better word. It's he uses this. He can use the sin nature as a type of chastisement. Yeah. If you move your faith from to something else, then the sin nature will now reign over you like a king. And what you will find, even though you are saved and you love the Lord, acts of sin will be being carried out as though you'll be doing things that you did before you got saved. And you'll be so confused. And like, whoa, what in the world? Because you know you've been changed. You know you've accepted Christ as Lord and Savior. But the sin nature is now active again. 
So it can be a dis he leaves it for disciplinary reasons. If you know, if you know that if you go beyond a certain, I'll just use a use a a dog and a shot collar. <laughs> a, a, a dog, if he's fitted with a shot collar, when he's inside that fence, it's all good. It's all good. But if that dog goes beyond the boundaries, it ain't all good. He's going to get, he's going to feel something. Yeah. Kind of, it's kind of like that. This, the potential of the sin nature the potential that the sin nature can reign over me again keeps me in the confines of grace. Because if I get out of the confines of grace, which is the finished work of Calvary, if I get out of the confines of grace, I'm going to feel a sin nature shock collar. And it will not be good. So it's there for disciplinary reasons. The, the great victory given to us by Christ is our spiritual emancipation proclamation issued by God in which the Christian has been released from slavery to the sin nature. But like many slaves after the Civil War who were ignorant of Abraham Lincoln's emancipation proclamation and who continued in the service of the slave master, so Christians who are ignorant of Romans chapter 6, continue to be slaves of the indwelling sinful nature to the extent that they are not gaining consistent victory over sin. Now I know that's something I just gave you a mouthful. So, during the, the Civil War, make sure I get this right, the Civil War, Lincoln, there was the Emancipation Proclamation which said that you, you, you can't own slaves anymore, all slaves are free. They, go, they, they can go free. Now, if you're a slave and you have no idea that the Emancipation Proclamation has been issued, written, signed by the president, then what are you you're still going to act like you're a slave because you don't know that you're free now. Romans chapter 6 is... The Christian Emancipation Proclamation that says no more. And it's been signed by the blood of Jesus Christ. And it says no more. But as believer, as Christians, if we don't know, that's all the word ignorant really means is you just don't know. Ignorant sounds. You say the word ignorant, it sounds really bad. A lot of people get offended because <laughs> it it just sounds. It's the word ignorant sounds offensive, <laughs> but it just simply you, you just don't know. You had no idea. There are believers right now living today, right now, that have no idea. They do not know about the spiritual emancipation proclamation and they are living as though they are still slaves to the sin nature. And that is not, that's not what they have in Christ. They have so much more in Christ. We, the truth is, we live so far below our inheritance in Christ Jesus. 
And that, that, that's all of us. I, me, presently, knowing the message of the cross, know the emancipation proclamation. Praise God. Still, today, at this very moment, still live below what I have in Christ. And that's, my, that's on me. It's not that God keeps it from us. Right. We just, like sheep, we're slow learners. We're not so, we, I are dumb. But that's what we, we ha, that's what we have in Christ. There are people that are saved, love God with all of their heart, and they're dominated by the sin nature every day. Because they don't, no. And anytime that someone preaches Romans chapter 6, they don't preach it in that way. So at the end of the day, a minister can preach Romans chapter 6. And, and it's, a, it's, a, it's a tactic of the enemy to twist the scripture in such a way that Oh man, praise God, that minister really preached it. But they leave in just as much bondage as they were when they came in, if not more, because you never preached it correctly. Mainly because the minister doesn't even know. So I don't want to be, you know, hammer on the... A lot of ministers simply don't know. They just don't know. Now, the, the problem is, you'll be a lot harder pressed to get a minister to admit that he doesn't know than you will someone who's not a minister. Because as ministers, called by God, God placed his hand on me, and that's true, it is right. But that's a lot of times just pride that we can't even admit. But I don't, I don't know. And instead, we'll do everything we can to try to hide the fact that we don't know. When it's just a lot easier to just say, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. I, had a, I had an elderly lady when I was working yesterday at the park. <clears throat> she told me that her grandbaby, well, she asked me, that it was her and her husband, and she said, she said uh, can you can you tell me where field eleven is? Uh, my grandbaby's playing on field eleven. Well, nobody's playing on field eleven. They're playing on field nine, field ten, and field six. So I said, "Well, look, field eleven's back there, ma'am, but nobody nobody's playing on field eleven. They're either probably playing on field nine or field ten. Uh, this elderly lady, so sweet." Uh, she proceeded to tell me that I don't know. My <laughs> baby. No, my grandbaby is playing on field 11. Okay, we'll find it. Thank you. <laughs> okay. Be my guest. Go find field 11. If your grandbaby is playing on it, he's the only one. <laughs> now, it's funny but that's how that's how we can be no 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 my grandbaby is on field 11 maybe maybe somebody taught you wrong 
No, 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 that's not possible. Okay, but uh, it can make it a lot easier if you just, if you just listen. Because it is field nine or ten. But because of her insistence that she was right and she could not be wrong, I don't know how long they looked. I don't know, I don't know how long they wandered in the wilderness before realizing maybe that's not right. Hear, hear, hear me. I don't know about you, but even, even, Lord, even if you have to break me, I want to be in your will. Mm -hmm. I want to know the truth. Yes. If you have to tear me down till there's nothing left, I'd rather, I'd rather be so broken in the hands of the master and let him who can rebuild, who can make me whole again the right way. My Lord, put me on the potter's will. Break me. Break me that others may be healed. Hallelujah. David said, Teach me, this is probably a paraphrase, teach me your ways. And basically, that I might tell the sinner. Lord, teach me. Teach, Lord, teach me the right way. Teach me your word correctly. Teach me the truth. Te hedge me in to the way. Lord, that I might remain on your paths of righteousness. Hedge me in or place a spiritual barbed wire fence on the left and the right that I might not go my own way. Even, even if it means that you will break my leg, Lord. I'd rather enter into heaven lame. Because then I will be healed. Then to go my own way to avoid getting my feelings hurt. Because yeah. I just want what he wants. I want the truth. That others might not experience things that they don't have to.
if that lady would have listened. Maybe they wouldn't have had to wander around until they found the field that their kid was, their grandbaby was on. How much of the game did they miss? I don't know. And ultimately, even though she never, they would have never, they might not have ever seen me again. She listen, regardless, she still would have had to come to the place that she would have said, it ain't field 11, I was wrong. Mm -hmm. So even in the attempt to fight it, you still, you won't win a wrestling match with God. You, you will lose. And praise God for that. Yes. Amen. That is a sign. That is a sign thing. The moment the sinner accepts Christ, God uses his surgical knife to cut the believing sinner loose from his evil nature. Although separated from the believing sinner, the evil nature is left in his inner being. And actually we can see that in 1 John chapter 1 verse 8. It says, if we say that sin we are not constantly having, let me just uh, it's going to be worded differently in my notes, so let me go to 1 John chapter 1, verse 8. says, if we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. Now, what John was really saying, because that word sin, guess what that is? A singular, it's singular. I'm pretty sure it's a noun, singular noun. So it should read, if we say that we have no sin nature, we deceive ourselves. And the truth is not in us. So there, a scriptural evidence that that sucker, that sucker remains. <laughs> We've got it. Each one of us in here have the, have the sin nature in us mm -hmm. and the, the potential for it to reign as king over us again. The surgical operation, spiritually speaking, is never repeated. So far as God is concerned, he has so thoroughly done his work that the separation is permanent. As far as God's concerned, it's permanent. It is a permanent separation. So much so that when the trump of God sounds, there will be no sin nature in any of us. Yeah. When our faith shall be silent. Mm. Glory to... I cannot wait. Until there is no more... There is no more sin... We're not going to go over. Until there is no more... <laughs> Sin nature on the inside of me. No, no, I won't have to battle the world, the flesh, or the devil. There will be no, we have been given free in Christ. We have freedom from the, the power of sin, the, penal, the penalty of sin, which is death. 
separation from God. We have victory over that. We have victory over the power of sin, which is what we're talking about now. Sanctificate through our sanctification process. That we have, He is Jehovah Makadesh, Jehovah who sanctifies. We have been delivered from the power of sin. Sin shall not have dominion over you. For you are under grace, not under law. Mm. And then one day, in the future, when the trump of God sounds, the presence of the sin nature in us will be gone. No more. Mm. I can't praise God for that moment. Let the come quickly, Lord. What is what is that that they say? Maranatha? Yes. Maranatha. Come, Lord Jesus. Come, Lord Jesus, come. Come quickly, Lord. Mm. I'm I'm we'll be done. We'll be done for tonight. That's just I mean unless you, you guys look like you don't want to be done. 